Thanks, Larry. <clears throat> so, Kai, don't be, don't be, uh, don't be alarmed if you get a call from Larry pretty soon. You may have already gotten the call because word on the streets is you've got some, uh, got some skills in the worship and singing area. So, um, anyhow, you got that call coming if you haven't gotten it already. So. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> this old man's going to retire. I'll be looking forward to it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Hey, well, guys, let's turn over to Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five. We're going to get a little time in the scriptures here this morning. Not that we haven't already, and it's been really encouraging just the, just the time that we get in here. I'm always a lot amazed at how alive the scriptures are. You know, of course, you know, the, the, the Bible does say that the, that the scriptures are alive, that they're living and active. And like reading Luke four, I've read Luke four a few times in my life, but it's it's not like reading a newspaper or reading a book that you've read before. It, it, there's something in there every single time we look at it. It's been really encouraging for me just to uh, just to hear from one another about favorite faith stories uh, in the scriptures. Gosh, we need faith so badly, and faith is such a kind of a uh, uh, you know a, a, I don't know. It's kind of almost like a secret ingredient of victory. This faith is just so important. And it's also awesome just to hear, you know, from our, from some of our favorite Jesus moments. It's interesting to me how, how Jesus kind of resonates with all of us. And oftentimes we're drawn to different stories, but it's, but it's kind of cool because Jesus has done something and said things and done, you know, done different things that really resonate with our spirit in a really special way. And it really kind of comes alive when we get a chance to share it with one another and talk about it and have conversations about it. And it kind of takes on a whole new depth and meaning. You know, I think if we look back in our lives, we'll find that in the areas where we've had the most faith and the most courage are also the areas where we've had the most victory and the most success. The times, the the places where we, where we, where we believed, where we've had courage, uh, where we've trusted, trusted God trusted our creator, had faith in our God, and faith in our creator, that those are the places where we had the most success. Whereas conversely, the places where we've had the most death or the most failure are the places where we've had the least courage and the least faith. And I think something that we can learn from that is that is that faith is something that we've got to constantly be working on in our lives. And like Jesus going into the desert, he was training his faith. He was training his faith to be strong for the challenges ahead. And because he had strong faith, that's why he was able to have incredible victory in, in all these different aspects of life. And so it's really important for us that we, that we see faith as almost like the kind of the silver bullet. It's, it's the key. It's the key ingredient to success in life and success uh, in all the uncertainties of life and all the challenges of life that we all face. And so as we strengthen our faith in big ways and in strong ways, wow, what a great way to use our time. What a great way to use our study. And so this morning, my lesson is entitled, Faith is a Verb. Faith is a Verb. And I've got one point this morning. And my point is just five, it's just five words. It's don't be afraid, just believe. 
And this is a quote from a pretty, pretty awesome dude. Don't be afraid, just believe. And so let's pray. Let's ask God to really move through, uh, through our, our study this morning and, um, and really change us and help us to grow in our, in our, in our faith. Let's pray together. Father, it is such an opportunity to walk with you, to know you, to look to you, Father, know that you are bigger than any of our problems. You're bigger than any of our struggles, that you're bigger than anything that we, that anything that we fear. And Father, we really want to rely on you. We want to become more and more like Jesus in his faith and his hope and his love, Father, so that we can overcome anything that stands before us. Father, help us to, to really have learner's spirits this morning. Help us to really open up our hearts and our minds and our souls, uh, Father, to what you have to say to us through your word this morning. And help us, God, to be different. Help us to be encouraged, to be filled with courage, God, because we, because we listen to you. We hear your words to us, and then we determine to practice them in our lives. Father, thank you for this time. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So recently, I've been really inspired by Jesse, and um, I've just been inspired by her spirit. I've been inspired by Jesse by your courage and uh, by your spirit as you've faced COVID and in, in its many forms as you've gone through the, the, the difficulties that you've gone through uh, with your mother's death, um, with, with uh, the different challenges that you faced, you've inspired me. And I want to say thank you for that. And um, one of the things that you said to Sue in a text uh, was, is, it was right after you'd gotten your, your own COVID test. And you said to Sue in a text, if I've got it, God and I are going to crush COVID. <laughs> he said, if I got it, God and I are going to crush COVID. And I love that spirit because faith is a verb. Faith is a choice. It's an active choice that we make. Uh, faith is an intention. Faith is setting our hearts and setting our minds on, on how God thinks and how God would have us to to approach the challenges in our lives. And I want us all to have that kind of spirit. We're just kind of fill in the blank. God and I are going to crush fill in the blank. God and I are going to crush fill in the blank. Because with that spirit, with that God and I spirit, we can face any challenge that we're facing. And not only just face it, we can have victory. We can rise above. We can overcome because God is bigger and stronger than any of our challenges. There's a couple of truths that we've got to faith, we have to face in life. The first truth about life that I wanted to talk about, and there's many, but one of them is that life is painful. Life is painful for everybody. Life is hard. Life is filled with adversity. In fact, you might be able to say life is adversity. We know we're alive (laughs) because we're experiencing the challenges of being alive. We live in a world of pain. We live in a world of adversity. We live in a world of uncertainty. No one, not, no, none of us knows what's going to happen in the next moment. None of us knows what's going to happen uh, tomorrow. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't how much matter how much health you have today. Doesn't matter how much you know uh, fame you have or how much success you have. We we have no idea about the things that are coming. And so uncertainty is also a fact of life. 
and how we deal with uncertainty. How we deal with uncertainty that we all face is really going to tell the story of victory in our lives. There's also another another principle, another fact that, that, that we need to talk about and think about and consider is that, and that one is that we live in a world designed by God. We didn't create the world. God created it. There is a creator. And uh, he is a graceful creator. He is a loving creator. He is a strong creator. Um, he's incredibly smart. He's incredibly wise. He's incredibly able. And the, and the world that he created for us is governed by principles. It's governed by principles. And one of the main principles is this. I think it's one of the foundational principles of living life and of, the, and of the world that God has set up. And that principle is this. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. We live in a world of seeds, S-E-E-D-S. We live in a world of seeds that produce and that multiply. The seeds that we plant and that we fertilize and that we cultivate are the seeds that grow and that multiply. So when, when, when Jesse is saying, God and I are going to crush COVID, she's planting a seed of faith. And as she marinates on that, and as she cultivates that thought, as she cultivates that conviction, as she walks with God in that conviction, that seed grows. That seed starts to flourish. That seed starts to get stronger. And you know what? That seed starts to produce other seeds. That seed starts to multiply and produce other seeds of like faith, of like fruit that begin to multiply in her life. And there's a beautiful thing that happens there as she plants that seed and cultivates that seed and fertilizes that seed and grows that plant. Let me ask you this this morning. In your garden, in the garden of your life, What plants are flourishing? In the garden of your life, what trees and flowers are thriving? Because the trees and flowers that are thriving are the ones that you've been fertilizing and cultivating in your life. And so we get a choice. What seeds are we going to plant? What seeds are we going to cultivate? What seeds are we going to really work on? Now, anybody who's been a farmer or a gardener, knows it's super hard work. Being a farmer, man, you got to be ready to do work. There's not a lot of wishing involved, but there's work involved. You've got to sow, and you've got to sow well. You've got to really care for the plants. You've got to really care for the crops. There's all sorts of things that are going to threaten the crops, all sorts of things that are going to come against you. Farming is hard. It's hard work. It takes patience. It takes perseverance. It takes resilience. But at the end of that, there's a harvest. And the harvest is going to be according to what you've sown. Okay, so that's that's kind of the backdrop to what, what I wanted to talk about here in Mark chapter 5. So let's turn over there. Faith is a verb. One of my favorite faith stories in the Bible is found in Mark chapter 5. And, um, and it's Jesus under pressure. We see Jesus under a tremendous amount of pressure in the beginning of Mark chapter 5, as he meets Legion, or a, a, a guy that's been come to be called Legion, is he's got a lot of demons in him. He's got a lot of issues. 
And so Jesus helps him. And then he gives him a purpose for his life. He says, go back and share what God has done in your life. And so he went back and shared in the Decapolis. But there was pressure because there was criticism, there was challenge, there was pressure for Jesus. He was under fire a lot. And so we, we pick it up here in verse 21. And it says, when Jesus again had crossed over by boat to the other side of the, la- other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with him. My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And so Jesus went with him. Again, we see Jesus under fire. We see Jesus under pressure. There's crowds. There's expectations. There's people coming to him with 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 super challenging situations. And so this synagogue ruler who is a successful, strong leader in his own community, he's feeling super challenged by this, by the health of his child. And so he says that she's dying. And so he comes to Jesus, and he puts his faith in Jesus, and he says, come, will you help me? And, of course, Jesus went with him. And in the next verse, there's a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. And instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, which is a a word of affection. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Again, we see Jesus under pressure. And we see Jesus being touched by a woman who had faith. And it's interesting as he turns to her and he speaks to her face to face, what does he affirm? He affirms the power not of God and not even of himself, even though he felt power go out from him. He affirms the power of her faith. He says, your faith, your faith has healed you. Now go in peace and be freed from your suffering. You know, so much of suffering comes from fearful, anxious thinking and fearful, anxious believing and fearful, anxious emotions. And I think so much of this woman's suffering was, yes, attributed to her physical challenges for sure but i think so much of her suffering was also attributed to the fact that there was no faith out there there was no courage out there there was no strength out there she'd been struggling with this for for 12 years and there was no one to really comfort her and fill her with the power of faith we know from a lot of medical studies that faith makes such a difference even in the healing of the body even in the in the, the medical world 
that when people are surrounded with faith and hope and love, their chances of healing physically go, go up dramatically. And so Jesus looks at this woman and says, your faith has healed you. Jesus says in other places, your faith has made you well. You know, our faith is oftentimes the determining factor as to how we move forward. So she touches him. He feels power go out from him. She is freed from her suffering by her renewed faith, by her putting her faith in Jesus. And he speaks to her. But then in verse 35, it says, while Jesus was still speaking, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Why bother the teacher anymore? So here was the synagogue's ruler, greatest fear coming true. He had gone to Jesus, but maybe he procrastinated. Maybe he had waited a little bit too long. Maybe for some reason something, you know, something got in his way and he didn't go as soon as he could. And so here is this powerful man facing the facing the sickness and now the death of his child. You know, this must have been such a distraught moment for this man. And there was so much that could have been said in this moment. But it's interesting how Jesus, the master of life, the master of faith, the master of everything and anything that's ever been created or that ever will be created, he knows how things work. And what did he say to this man? Is this man is facing perhaps his greatest fear. It says in verse 36, says, ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. I really believe this, this scripture has encouraged me so many times when I've felt in those dark moments, felt in those super challenging moments, felt in those moments where I, I felt like there was no way forward. I've just, I've pictured Jesus coming by my side. And ignoring, he says, in a sense, he says, ignore what everybody else is saying. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. I know what I'm talking about. I know what's going on. And what you need right now is do not be afraid. Just believe. Do not be afraid. Just believe. You know, this doesn't sound very intellectual. This isn't very academic. This isn't, you know, a long book or a long dissertation on all the reasons why this happened, all the reasons they got to this point. It's a simple bumper sticker, T-shirt type of saying. It's five words. Don't be afraid. Just believe. It almost seems overly simplistic to me. But it's coming from the master of the universe. It's coming from the guy who knows the beginning from the end. And it's helped me so many times to, to repeat this to myself is coming from Jesus himself. Don't be afraid. Fear holds us back. Fear brings about so many things in our lives that aren't healthy. Now, of course, there's fear. I mean, if a bear is attacking you in the woods, there's that kind of fear (laughs) of imminent danger. But there's so many other kind of fears and anxieties and worries that just aren't healthy for us. so, So Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just believe. He says, I want you to plant a seed of belief in your heart right now. 
And I want you to take out that weed of what everybody else is saying. I want you to take out that weed of fear right now that's trying to get, get its roots down in your heart and down in your beliefs and down in your mind. And I want you to weed that thing. Because any farmer knows that overnight a weed can show up in their garden, on their farmland, and take over. And so farmers have got to be very attentive to the weeds that start to pop up, start to pop up in their crops. And they can't wait because the weeds get big and they, they pull resources from everything else. And so you can't, you can't let that weed grow. And I think a lot of times we let those weeds of fear kind of grow in our garden. We don't get out there and weed today. Yet, do all of us have fears and anxieties and, and, and those kind of thoughts and feelings every day? Yep. But we've got to ignore them. We've got to move past what the world is saying. We've got to shut it down. We've got to show it the hand and say, nope, talk to the hand, world. I'm not believing you. I'm believing Jesus. He's the true guide here. Jesus says something super, super simple and super profound. I believe this, these five words will change your life and change your future. They're going to change their change. They're going to change my life. They're going to change my relationships. They're going to change my fears into victory. They're going to change my challenges into successes. You know, there was a brother in, uh, I was talking about this passage one day and he, uh, there was a brother in, uh, in Boston who really liked this, this, uh, this, what Jesus said right here. And so the next Sunday he showed up with a t-shirt <laughs> and on his t-shirt was, don't be afraid, just believe Mark 536. And he wore it all the time. And I was like, I want one of those. That's a great t-shirt. But even though it's short, it's profound. Let's look at what happened right here. It says, he did not let anyone follow him. So they're moving on from this place. He says, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, and the brother of James. And I think this is interesting. Jesus didn't take unfaithful, negative people with him. He didn't even take the people who just came with that report with them. He just said, nope, we're only having a few faithful people in this roundup because we can't let negativity and faithlessness spoil this moment. Because fear and negativity and faithlessness, man, it's contagious. And so Jesus said, nope, no one else is coming. It's just me and Peter and James and John. They're the only ones invited to this next, this next miracle. I'm going to perform because of, because of faith. And so he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother, brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. You know, even Jesus got laughed at. Even Jesus got made fun of. Even people attempted to bully Jesus and to make him think less of himself. But Jesus wouldn't have it. So he says, after he put them all out, <laughs> he said, no, you guys aren't invited either. We got a miracle that's going to happen right here. And, and we need, we need for there to be faith in the room. 
He says, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. Now listen to this. This is, this is amazing because it's Jesus again putting faith, hope, and love together with human beings. And this is how Jesus treats us. This is how Jesus treats everybody. It says, he took her by the hand. There's that physical touch. He takes her by the hand, and he said to her, this wasn't like he, he he was waving a magic wand and saying some magic saying. He said to her, Talitha kum, with an exclamation point, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. It's a new day. Jesus is in town. Jesus is in the room. And when Jesus is in the room, miracles happen. And he says it in a tender way. He says it in a loving way. He speaks directly to her because he was, she was special to him. And immediately the girl stood up and walked around. She was 12 years old. Wow. And at this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this. And he told them to give her something to eat. You know, we were studying the Bible uh, the other night, Seth and Ryan and myself, and we were looking at Luke chapter 24, where Jesus comes back. And and you know he's with the bros because he comes back. He says, peace be with you. He says, hey, guys, stop doubting and believe it's really me. He says, feel my wounds, my hands, my feet. And then he asks them, you guys have anything here to eat? And, of course, they brought us some broiled fish. Jesus is so human, and yet he's so God. And he relates to us. He knows what we're going through. He knows how we suffer. He knows the way through. And he is tender with us. He loves us. And he wants to say to each and every one of us, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just believe. You know, I love the quote that says, Hard choices, easy life. Easy easy choices, hard life. Let me say that again. Hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. A lot of people will say, well, it's hard to be faithful. Yep, it is. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not my nature to be faithful. It may not be. You know, it's, it's really hard to make those choices and to fight that fight every single day. Yep, it is for all of us. Hard choices leads to an easy life. That's why Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because as we make those hard choices, like going into the desert and training to have faith, as we, as we punch the shark in, in the nose as it's attacking us, as we make the hard choices to, to, to engage in the fight that's before us with faith, our life becomes easier and easier and more and more fruitful. But as we make choices that are choices out of comfort, that are choices out of fear, as we're trying to, to run away from the uncertainty of life, which we can't do, we can't escape it. But as we try to make those, those decisions of comfort, life gets harder and harder. Life gets more and more burdensome, more and more heavy. 
And so we've got a choice to make. Either we can reject the fear, ignore what the world says. I mean, the world says a lot of good things, but it doesn't say nearly the, 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 the stuff that Jesus says to us. And oftentimes doesn't says the complete opposite. But Jesus knows what he's talking about. Hard choices, easy life. Easy choices, hard life. What I want to encourage us each to do this week is I want to encourage us all to memorize Mark chapter 5, verse 36. And to think about it, to marinate on it, to meditate on it. And I want you to write down 10 things that you believe in. I want you to write down 10 things that you believe in and positive things, faithful things that you believe in. Write down those things. And maybe it's not 10. Maybe it's 20. Maybe it's just one to start. Maybe, you know, the list grows. But I want you to write down a list of things that you believe in. And when you're faced with a struggle in your life, I want you to go to that list and say, I'm not going to be afraid, but I do believe in these things. And maybe it's, I believe that God is with me. I believe that God loves me. I believe that there's, there's an opportunity to learn in every struggle, whatever that might be. But as you start to really focus on and water and cultivate and fertilize those seeds of faith, those seeds of belief, those seeds of trust in your life, those are going to become the dominant plants in your garden. And so we're active in weeding out the plants that are of no use to us and only take up resources in the garden. And we're also active about planting the seeds of faith and belief and trust. Those plants that we really want to grow in our life that are going to produce that awesome fruit in our life. And so it's going to take some hard choices. But as that, as those seeds grow and as that garden flourishes and thrives, Life gets more and more exciting. Life gets simpler. It gets easier. It gets more navigatable because we're doing it with courage. So here's the homework. Memorize Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark 536. List the 10 things that you believe in. And I want you to recite those to yourself as often as you need to regularly. Marinate on them. Meditate on them. And let's see Jesus do the miracles in our life. The tenderhearted, the thoughtful, the powerful, maybe the miracles that everybody else is laughing about, the miracles that amaze us, the miracles that help us to deal with those deep fears in our life, or maybe even just some of the smaller fears in our life. And let's let Jesus be the trainer and the guide and the light in our darkness. It's really going to help us to get through and to live a life of faith. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for Jesus. He's so faithful. He's so powerful. He's so strong. He's so resilient. But he's also so tender. He's also so graceful. He's also so merciful with each and every one of us. Father, thank you for this account of Jesus dealing with pressure, dealing with the challenges he was facing, and yet him being so attentive to each and every person. Father, I know that you want to be, and you are, uh, attentive to each and every one of us in our struggles and our greatest fears and those little annoyances that come our way. Father, help us to not be afraid, but to believe. 
And help us like Jesus, God, to be those people who, even though they go through deep darkness, are the ones who resurrect by the power of your spirit and by the power of you working in our lives. Father, help us to live those resurrected, faithful lives that you have for us as we make the hard choices, as we make those choices that Jesus is helping us and directing us to make. Father, thank you for being amazing. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So guys, we've got a couple of